we have to prepare ourselves and we have to, this, listen, we, we, whether you real, whether you realize it or whether you want to know this or not, this is a true statement. Every one of us is in a battle. We're in a war. And, you know, and, and it's, it's, and the war, really, to be honest with you, the war is not one to see whether the devil's going to beat God or not, because we already know the answer to that question. He's no match for God. There's, there's no battle between the devil and God. The battle is between your ears. It's your thinking. It's what are you going to think about? What are you thinking on? What are you meditating on? Then, not only what are you thinking about, but what are you saying out of your mouth? Because what you think on and what you meditate on, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right? So you have to understand that the things that you allow yourself to think on and meditate on, that's the, that's the things that's going to start happening in your life. And you have, and we have to understand that we want to be, we want to be like, we want to see things the way God sees them. Last week, last week we, uh, I shared a message with you about that the, the fire was not the issue. And we looked at the story of the three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter three, and how you know the king set up a, a, a idol and and told everybody that he's going to have to bow down. And the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, they didn't bow down, and the king got mad and he brought it before them. And, and they told him, you know, they said, King, we're not, you know, we don't have to think about even answering you because we know in our heart we're not going to bow down. And and it says he got furious and heated up the furnace seven times and threw them in, and he sat down, and then he was astonished that. That, you know, when he looked in there and he saw them, they should have been screaming and burning and, and laying on the ground just being, uh, incinerated to a heap of ashes. You know, what he, what he saw was they were up walking around and there wasn't only three men, but there were four men in the fire walking around. And I love the last, one of the last verses there in, uh, is verse 20, uh, 27, and it said, because it says when he saw that, he went to the, the mouth of the furnace and said, hey, hey boys, come on out here. You know, come talk to me. So they walk out of the furnace, and it says that everybody there gathered around and they saw, listen to what it said in, this is Daniel 3, 27. It says, they saw those men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The fire has no power over you. Circumstances has no power over you if you will stay in faith. If you will keep your eye on Jesus, if you will stay connected with Him and stay hooked on Him and keep your eyes on Jesus, circumstances have no power over you. Just like the fire had no power over them. And it goes on to say, it goes on to say that the hair of their head was not singed, nor was the garments affected, and the smell of the fire was not even on them. Come on, man. That, I mean, in other words, the fire did not affect them at all. The only thing the fire did was burn off the natural things that the king had put on them. Man, that, I mean, that's shouting ground. I mean, that's good news. Amen. So, so listen, we are, we are right now, and this, this came out a couple Wednesday nights ago and, and in our, in our worship time, and, and, and I, man, this has just been such a strong word, that we are in this prophetic season right now that, that, it is just like an open heaven for those that trust and believe in the Lord. And I believe, and even, listen, I'm telling you, even the, 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 the level of worship we've had in this building the last two weeks have, has been phenomenal. 
I mean, worship has just been incredible the last couple of weeks. And, and on Wednesday nights, we've been having some incredible times of worship. And I believe that that is a, it's a prophetic picture of the way God wants us to live. He wants us to live, you know, worshiping Him, keeping our eyes on Him, staying connected to Him, and not looking at all of the circumstances around us. Last week we, we touched, we looked at the story of, uh, Peter walking on water too. And, and it said that, you know, Peter, he didn't start sinking until when? Until he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the, at the wind and the, and felt the, or, you know, looked at the waves and felt the wind. That's when he started sinking. When you look at circumstances, they will sink you. When you look to Jesus, you'll walk on top of circumstances. You know, one of the one of the statements you're hearing everybody say, uh, and, and and now if I, when I say this, you'll you'll go home and you'll hear everybody talking about this, but you'll hear everybody say, "We're all in this together." You know, you hear every every channel, every person. Oh, we're all in this together. We're getting through this together. But you know what? We don't need to be confessing we're all in this together. We need to be saying we're walking on top of this thing. I don't have to be in the mess. If, I, if my eyes are on Jesus, I'm walking on top of it. Amen. The circumstances is not affecting me. Now, that don't mean we belittle people or we, you know, we condemn people. I mean, not at all. I'm just saying it's your choice. You can either be in the middle of it and be, be wallowing in it down there, or you can walk on top of it. Amen. And you can help bring people up to where you are to help show them how to walk on top of the circumstances instead of getting trampled underneath them. Amen. You know, so so the the fire was not the issue. Amen. Well, what was the issue? Let's turn. I want to talk to you this morning. All that was just a warm-up there, introduction. I want to talk to you this morning about this, about the fact that we have to keep the switch of faith turned on. You know, um, because the only thing that's going to get us out of this is faith. It's our trust and our belief in Jesus. If you look at all these stories that we've been talking about, the, if you look at Daniel in the lion's den, if you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Meshach, if you look at, if you look at Peter walking on water, if you look at, uh, you know, you look at all the biblical stories, the woman with the issue of blood, we're gonna, uh, touch that just a little bit today. If you look at all of these, these stories, the one thing they have in common is this, faith. They, people, the, those people in those stories, they were real men and women. They're not made up stories. They were real men and women, and they had faith. And faith got them through those situations. Faith allowed, allowed those three Hebrew boys to walk out of the fire after they had been thrown into it. Amen. Faith allowed Daniel to come out of the lion's den. Faith allowed Peter to walk on water until he got out of faith. And then Jesus saved him anyway. Amen. So the one thing they have in common is faith. Now, of course, I mean, I went to Rhema. You guys know that. And Brother Hagin's one of my spiritual fathers. And I learned so much from him. And if you ever heard Brother Hagin speak, he always came back around. to Somehow he worked Mark eleven twenty three into his sermon, regardless of what he was talking on. So I want to take a look at Mark eleven twenty three, Mark 11 and, and verse 22 through 24 or something there. And, and talk about how to keep the switch of faith turned on in your life. How do we, you know, because one of the greatest enemies that you'll have in your faith is time. When, but the time between when you say amen and there it is, 
that space of time in there will be, will be one of the hardest times for you to stay in faith. Because, listen, it, it's not hard to pray a prayer. It's not hard to celebrate once the battle, co- or once the victory comes. The hardest part is what do you do in between those two? From the time you say amen until the time you say there it is. What, what happens in the midst of that? And the reality is most people lose, most people lose their, lose their, their victory right there in the middle. Right there in the middle, they lose the victory. So Mark 11 is the story of, of, of Jesus, of course, and he's walking with his disciples. He's teaching his disciples these things. They walk into town one day, they're walking into town, and he sees a fig tree with leaves, uh, or, you know, it has leaves on it, and, and he said, supposing that it had figs, he walked up and looked, and the fig tree had no, had no figs on it. Jesus simply said, he simply said, no man will eat, eat fr- uh, fruit from you hereafter. He turned around and walked off. Now notice, he didn't, he didn't stand back and change his tone of voice and say, I curse you, fig tree. That's not what he did. He just spoke out what he, what he believed in his heart was true. He spoke out. He just said, no man will eat figs from you from this moment hereafter. And the Bible says his disciples heard him. They turn around and walk off, walk on into town. They do their business. They, they come back and they walk. Guess what? They walk right by that fig tree on the way home. Not one person said anything about that fig tree because probably in the natural there was very little happening on the outside of that fig tree at that moment. Because one of the things you'll learn about faith is this, and we'll, we're going to look at this principle here. One of the things that you, that you learn about faith is that it, that it affects the invisible realm before it affects the visible realm. It, it will do things in the unseen realm before you will ever see them with your natural eyes. But you have to understand this. Your faith is working the moment you speak those words. When Jesus said, no man will eat figs from you hereafter, his faith went to work immediately. Now, if you had asked his disciples, you know, even that evening, if you had asked his disciples, what do you think he meant when he spoke to that fig tree? They probably all would have said, well, you don't really know. I mean, you know, we don't really have an understanding of that. But the next morning, the Bible says that they, they're on the way back into town, and we'll just pick, we'll pick up reading here in verse 20. Mark 11, verse 20. It says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig, the fig tree, now listen to this, dried up from the roots. Now notice it didn't dry up the leaves. It wasn't just that the leaves were withered. You know, now, you know, when you, when you look at a tree that's dried up from the roots, it's brittle. It's, you know, you can tell that, that this thing is not about to produce fruit. It's not, you know, it's probably never going to produce fruit because it's dry, it's brittle, and it looks like it could fall over any minute. Why? Because it's dried up from the roots. The roots have lost all nourishment. And, and notice it, it, it said very clearly that it was dried up from the roots. So what does that tell us? That tells us that it dried up from the inside out. The roots dried up first and it affected the part that everybody else saw. Now, what changed between that the, the morning before that and this morning? Well, his faith took effect. 
He didn't, he didn't waver in his faith. Now, you know, if, 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 uh, if verse 23 and 24 wasn't in, in the Bible, we could have all very well gotten away with saying, well, that was Jesus. You know, and just said, well, that, you know, hey, he's the Son of God, you know. But I'm, I'm so thankful that he put 23 and 24 in here, right? And that Jesus had this conversation with the disciples. Because let's, let's just pick up and read here. It says, so now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said unto him, have faith in God. Most of your translations or a lot of your translations may have a footnote. And a lot of them will, will reword that and say it this way. Have the God kind of faith. That's actually what the original language says. Have the God kind of faith. Now what is the God kind of faith? And do, do you and I have the God kind of faith? Well, let's see what Jesus said. He told them, he said, he said have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. And then Jesus said this, for assuredly... I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... Now notice, he hasn't even talked about prayer yet. Jesus just said, he said, now notice what the God kind of faith is. He said, if anybody says something to this mountain. He says, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now notice, nowhere in there did it say, did Jesus say, you've got to pray for 32 hours before something like this happens. You know, you have to fast and pray, and you have to, you know, you have to get real serious with God before something like this is going to, before you can do something like this. That's not what he said, is it? Jesus said this, the, the God kind of faith is when you believe something in your heart and you speak it out and you don't doubt what you believe, but you believe what you say is going to happen, then that is the God kind of faith. How does that work? God said, let there be light. And there was. In other words, there wasn't, you know, in the beginning, there wasn't a big battle between light and darkness. When God said, light be, light was. It, just like that. Then when He made man, He said, let us make man in our image. We, were, we are created just like God. We are, we are the only species that is a speaking being to where we can speak things into existence. That's an incredible... I mean, what, how privileged we are. Now, dogs bark and cats meow and, and cows moo and... They may communicate with each other, but you know what? It doesn't affect their life. Your words affect your life. You can have what you say. Or you can say what you have and keep having it. There's a big difference in that. Same words, but big difference. You can have what you say, or you can say what you have. And you know, and... and I've heard Brother Hagin say this for years, and Brother Coburn, I mean, so many people. You know, Brother Hagin would always say it. He said, you know, if you, if you don't like where you are today, change the way you talk. Change your language. Change your speech. 
When you change your speech, when you change what you're saying, you'll have different results. You know, I mean, because we just hang out there for a long time. I'm not. I just want to say a couple of things about it. But do you ever catch yourself saying like this? Nothing ever seems to work out for me. Well, then why do you think nothing ever works out for you? I'll try this side. If you find yourself saying, nothing ever happens good to me. How come everybody else always gets the best? Well, you, you're saying that. You're bringing that into existence. You know, I never, I never can get the best job. I never do get promotions. You're setting yourself up to be skipped over time and time again. Words carry power. Words carry life. You have to understand that you're, you know, the Bible says that, that, you know, there's the power of life and death in the, in your words. And, and really we, I mean, man, we have to get an understanding of that. But Jesus, notice what he said here. The reason I said all that is because Jesus said the God kind of faith is when you believe something in your heart and you speak it. You say it. And when you say it and you don't doubt it, see the the because it's more than just words. Okay, I can go to I can go to a I can go to a, uh, my carport at my house, and I can stand on my carport and I can say all day long, "I'm a Corvette." I'm a Corvette. You know, listen to my motor roar. You know, I can say that all the time. But guess what? I don't really believe that in my heart, and I'm not going to turn into a Corvette. But, you know, but when I do say things like what, what I saw about earlier, like, you know, man, it seems like I always get all the bad luck. You see, that's, that is a belief that's, that's in my heart, and I'm just, I'm, I'm acknowledging that belief. And, and if, I, if I don't do something to change that belief, then I'll always never get the best. Yeah. Amen. Well, I, you know, well, I know here, it, it's flu season coming up. I always get the flu. Well, if you want the flu, keep saying that. Right. Amen. You can have what you say. But, but here's, the, here's the key. You have to change what you believe in your heart. Right. See, it's about... You can, because words in themselves, words are just containers, okay? Words have no power until you empower them. Yeah. Until, until a belief is hooked up to that word. And when a belief is hooked up to that word... It energizes that word to go and to perform. So Jesus said the God kind of faith was when you when you have a belief and you speak it, you will see it happen. That's the reason Jesus Jesus wasn't surprised when he walked by the fig tree and saw it dried up from the roots. Why? Because he had a belief in his heart that that when he when he said that to the fig tree, no man will eat from you from hereafter. He knew that nobody would eat from that fig tree ever again. He believed that and he expected that to happen. Well, the next morning, that thing was dried up. And for you and I, if we if you find yourself always talking negative, you have to you have to change the beliefs of your heart. You have to start getting the Word. You have to start seeing things the way God sees them. First of all, you have to see yourself the way God sees you. You've got to stop seeing yourself as a failure. You've got to stop seeing yourself as somebody who can, who can never beat an addiction. 
You gotta stop seeing yourself as somebody whose marriage always fails. Come on. Because if you see yourself that way, then that's what you're gonna say, and when you say something that you believe, it's gonna to come to pass. Amen. Now, so remember, we're talking about how to keep the switch of faith turned on. Well, the first, the first way, and I don't know that I don't really even have bullet points here to say this, but, but one of the first things that you have to do to keep the switch of faith turned on is make sure that your beliefs are right. Your belief, what you believe, why, why do you think Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, why do you think he said, guard your heart above everything else? Because out of your heart flow the issues of life. You see, you have, you better be guarding what you're putting into your, into your spirit man. If you're feeding your spirit man a bunch of junk, a bunch of, 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 you know, stuff off TV and off the internet and, and filling it full of, you know, somebody, somebody told me one time, uh, we were, we were working and, and, uh, it was a secular job and, and when I was working, uh, before we moved here, I was in Tulsa. And I'll never forget this. You know, we were talking, and this guy, he went to church, and he was a good guy. I mean, a, a really nice guy. But, but, uh, but I, knew that he, I knew his relationship wasn't, he wasn't real serious about his relationship with the Lord. And uh, we were working on something, and he, he hit his hand or something, and he let a few curse words fly. And, you know, and, and, he, and, and before, before, you know, he kind of looked at me, and it embarrassed him, because he knew I was a Ramah student, and... And we talked about the Lord a lot. And, and he told me, he said, he said, man, I, I just don't know why I cuss all the time. And I just, and I just, and we had a good relationship, so I could, I could say this to him. I looked at him and I said, well, I, I said, I can tell you why you cuss all the time. And he looked at me like, really? And I said, yeah. And I said, because, I, I said, because you listen to stuff that cusses all the time. You watch movies, you listen to music, you, you listen to stuff that has that in it. And that's what's on the inside of you. So when you get squeezed, that's what comes out. Yeah. Oh, well, I can watch a movie and it don't affect me. Really? You, you keep watching that stuff and get squeezed a little bit and watch what happens. Watch what comes out of you. Because what you put in you is what will come out of you. Amen. So, so Jesus said it's that if you will say something and don't doubt in your heart but you say it then he said you'll have what you say notice that he he talks about believing one time and he talks about saying three times and you know i heard brother hagan say that for years and i I used to you know wonder why that was true but brother hagan would say he he would always say you would he, he would tell us students he would say you have to do three times as much teaching on words as you will on believing because, you know, the reality is this. It's not hard to believe. It's not hard to sit there in those chairs and, and say, well, I believe. But you know what, what is hard is to go out of here and to keep that and to turn that, to turn that thought or that desire into a heart belief so that, so that what you say matches up with your belief. And how do you do that? Well, you do it by renewing, the, renewing your mind. You do it by getting the Word of God in you instead of all that other junk in you. Amen. Amen. So faith will affect, remember, faith, faith will affect the unseen realm first. So you can't get discouraged when you, when you speak something or you're in faith of, 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 about something and you don't see it happen immediately. 
just because you don't see it happen immediately doesn't mean that it's not that something's not working. We sang that song this morning, Waymaker. You know, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. What what was he talking about in that song? He's talking about faith. Your faith is working. If you don't if you don't uh, contaminate your faith by your words by saying something against it. And contrary to what God says, your faith will will produce what you what you sent it out to produce. Amen. And and notice, sound came before sight. From the very beginning, God said, "Let there be light." There was light. God said, "Let the let the you know let there be grass and trees. Let the firm, let there be a space between the heaven." And, you know, God said it, and then it happened. You have to say some things. Your faith, if your faith is not strong enough to move your tongue, it will never move your mountain. The first thing your, your faith has to move is your tongue. To hook up with your beliefs, amen? Now, turn with me, and, and man, I can say a lot about that, but I want to show you these other scriptures. So Jesus said, Jesus said that, um, that, you know, that the God kind of faith is when you say Something and you believe it in your heart. You don't doubt what you say, but you believe it. It will come to pass. And you know who you know who your biggest critic is yourself. And see, because because we know ourselves better than anybody else. And that's the reason Jesus said that when if you if you get if you get that belief in you to where to where you believe it, it when you say it, you believe it and you don't doubt it, then that's a true heart belief and it'll come to pass. How many times have you said something and deep down something on the inside of you says, man, I really wish that would be true, but I don't know about it. Well, what just happened? You just doubted what you said. So that's not going to happen. You have to convince yourself. You have to, be, you have, to have that heart belief before you say it. That's, and I've said this so many times too. I believe sometimes we say things too fast. Sometimes we need to get our beliefs in order before we say some things. Because the more times you say something and it doesn't happen, the more times you get disappointed in faith, it'll be harder and harder for you to step out in real real God kind of faith. Now, it's not it don't have to be that way, but it just is, right? If you keep getting disappointed in something, eventually you're going to get to the place where where and that's why people say things like, "Well, I tried that faith thing and it didn't work." Really what they were saying is, I, want, I didn't have that belief rooted in my heart, and I said some things and it didn't happen, but I don't know why God didn't let it happen. Well, it's because you didn't have that, that, that belief in your heart. Right? Hebrews 13. Let's look at this just for a moment. Hebrews 13, verse 5. And let's, we'll just put this up from... Uh, uh, no, that's not the right scripture. I'm sorry. Hebrews uh, 12. I'm sorry. I went to the wrong one. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. And let's look at this just from the Amplified. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin that so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course 
of the race that is set before us. Then look at verse number 2. This, this first sentence in verse number 2 is so important. Looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus. You have to, listen, we have to get rid of things that distract us. If you're going to, if you're going to keep the switch of faith turned on, you can't get distracted. You've got to get rid of distractions. How do you do that? Well, you've got to keep your focus on Jesus. You've got to stay in the Word. You've got to, sometimes, sometimes to keep the switch of faith turned on, you've got to change what you do. You can't get around certain people. You know, you can't be listening to certain things. Amen. Why? Because they distract you. What happens when you get distracted? When you get to heaven, ask Peter about that. Peter got distracted. What happened? He started sinking. He was doing great. He was walking on water. Man, I mean, he, he, he was probably thinking, man, my name is going to be written in all the books. I'm, I'm walking on water. Until he got distracted. And when he got distracted, you know what? He sank. So he said here, Paul tells us, he said, listen, you've got to look away from everything that distracts you. And you've got to keep looking to Jesus. Now, one of the, one of the uh, best stories of that is in Mark chapter 5. And let's just turn over there. And we're not going to take a lot of time to read. I mean, you guys know this story, but I'll just, we'll just talk about the story for a second. But Mark chapter 5 starts out with the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus is, uh, or actually it starts out with Jairus. Jesus comes to the, comes to the, gets off the boat and he's, he gets there and he's met at the seashore by, by, by Jairus. And Jairus tells him, he says, he says, you know, uh, um, and actually I said that wrong. He, he was first, that, he was first met with, by the demon possessed boy and, and Jesus took care of him. And then Jairus came and, and asked him, you know, asked him if he would, if he would come with him because his daughter was sick. And Jesus said, I'll come. So they're on their way to Jairus' house. Now get this, get the picture of this story. Jairus' faith, his belief was that if he could just get Jesus to get to his house. You know, Jesus, if you, if you could just get to my house and lay hands on my daughter, she'll live. So he goes and he meets Jesus and Jesus says, I'll go. So man, he's got his answer. Everything's great. They're on their way to the house. Now, so, so, you know, here's Jairus and he's like, he's probably rushing, probably hurrying, saying, come on, let's pick up the pace, let's go. And he's got this big crowd following him, following Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Jesus stops. And you can imagine Jairus is probably like, what'd you stop for? Come on, we got to get to the house. And then in the middle of this, Jesus starts having this conversation with the woman with the issue of blood. You know the story. She, she had heard of Jesus and she said, if I can just touch the hem of His garment, she kept saying it, kept saying it. She pressed through. She touched the hem of His garment. She felt that she was healed. You know, Jesus saw her and, and, and told her, he said, he said, woman, your faith has made you whole. And, and the whole time, you know, Jairus is sitting back here, have, you know, probably in his mind thinking, Jesus, come on, we got to get to my house. My daughter's sick. My daughter's sick. So while Jesus is talking to, to the woman with the issue of blood, Jairus notices coming over the hill two of his servants. And probably Jairus is like, no, no, that can't be. Because they're, they're kind of in a, in a hurry and they're, they're, they're making their way to Jairus. Jesus is still having this conversation with this woman. The people come up behind Jairus and they tap him on the shoulder and they say, Master, there's no need to bother the, the master any longer because your daughter is dead. 
But now, Jairus now is in this, this place where he has the answer, but he's not quite to his house yet. And now he has the worst possible news. His, his, his servants come back and tell him, your daughter has died. He has the answer, but now his daughter's dead. What does he do? Well, just like every one of us, when, when the, the circumstances contradict each other, you have a choice to make. Will you believe Jesus or will you believe the circumstances? Are you gonna, are you gonna become distracted or are you gonna keep on believing what Jesus said? Jesus told Jairus he would come to his house and heal his daughter. That was the word. Now Jairus has got contradicting news. Your daughter's dead. I love in this story, and we'll just pick up here right at that point, in Mark chapter 5, and we'll just pick up at verse 36. Verse 35. It says, While he was still speaking, while Jesus was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any longer or any further? As, now look at verse 36. I love this. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken... He said to the ruler of the synagogue, he looked at Jairus and he said this, Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. I love the Amplified in this. The Amplified says it this way. The Amplified says in verse 36, Overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be seized with alarm, and struck with fear, only keep on believing. Now, we, we could actually go a step further and say this, and it wouldn't change this anyway. Some of the words that we've, that we've been spoken, that have come out in, in, you know, since the beginning of this, Jesus could have said this, Jairus, nothing in heaven has changed. Don't let circumstances change your mind. Nothing in heaven has changed. If you will only keep on believing what you said, if you only, you said if I could come to your house, then your daughter would be well. Keep on believing that. Don't let circumstances switch your, the switch of faith off in your life. Jesus overhearing but ignoring what they said. Look, look, J.R. straight in the eye and said, hey, don't be seized with alarm. Don't be gripped with fear. Keep on believing. I believe it was instantaneous. I don't think this, I don't think 30 seconds elapsed or 20 seconds. I think Jesus heard what they said and before Jairus could say anything, he turned around and he said, Jairus, don't be seized with alarm. Don't be gripped with fear. <clears throat> Just keep on believing. See, because if Jairus had said, oh well, I gave it, a, I gave it my best try, then you know what? His, they would have been having a funeral. If Jairus would have said, would have said, Jesus, if you'd only got here sooner, it's your fault. You know, he could have got mad at Jesus. He could have, he could have, I mean, he could have got mad at the woman with the issue of blood. Why did you have to show up and get healed? <laughs> no, Je- Jesus stopped him and said, Jairus, don't let circumstances switch the faith off or the, turn the switch off. Keep on believing. And then if you read the rest of the story, you'll see that, that they went to his house. 
the, the mourners were already there. They were mourning, but Jesus said, Jesus said, you know, she's only sleeping, and they made fun of him. And he went in with the, with the mom and with Jairus and the wife and, and uh, just a couple of his disciples. He grabbed her by the hand, spoke words over her, and she, ra- she was raised from the dead. What happened? Jairus did not let circumstances change his beliefs. He kept the switch of faith turned on. Now turn real quick to Hebrews 13. I should have had to hold your place there. We were in Hebrews 12, but turn to Hebrews 13. Because this is, this is so important. See, because you have to, you have to get settled in your heart that you know Jesus will never leave you. That He will never forsake you. That regardless of how bad it looks, Jesus is still on your side. You know, I love the, in, in Psalm 91, I've been reading Psalm 91 every day and, and in the last three verses there, uh, the, the, is the part where Jesus, where God is speaking back and, and declaring like the seven I wills over the person who is, who hides in the secret place. But in the Amplified, it adds in there, it says, He has a personal knowledge of my name and He knows I will never leave Him. No, never. I like that. You know, and then here in Hebrews 13, 5, uh, it says this, let your care, and this is from the Amplified, let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed and and and, and uh, satisfied with your pre- and, and including greed and lust and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and what you have. Because listen to this. Here's here's why you can be. Here's how you can keep the switch of faith turned on. Right? It says, "For he, for God Himself, has said." I will not in any way fall, uh, fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. In other words, regardless of the circumstances facing you, when you have the knowledge, when you have the, the belief in your heart that God will not leave you, He will not turn His back on you, He is not going to relax His grip on you, He's not going to let you fall and let you fail. God is, going, he is there and He will not, He will not, He will not leave you. See, that is a belief. And when you speak that, yeah, everybody says, well, well, you might as well give up. There's no need, no need to keep believing that. No, I know what I believe. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, you can, you can tell story after story about that. Remember, he, in Hebrews 12, it said you have to look away from everything that distracts you and keep your eye on Jesus. You can't let circumstances dictate what your beliefs are. You have to you have to look those look those circumstances straight in the eye and say, you know what, my God is bigger than you are, and I believe in Him. The switch of faith will be turned on and left on in my life. Nothing in heaven has changed, so why let why let the circumstances change what you believe? Really, if 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 your belief changes because of circumstances, the the reality of it is this: it's because you really didn't believe it in the first place. You didn't have, you weren't convinced. You didn't have that heart. You didn't have that true heart belief that that said, uh, you know, I believe this no matter what. Yeah. You wavered. James says that if a man that wavers, 
Don't let that man think he'll receive anything from God. You have to, you have, to have a firm belief and a firm persuasion that what, what you believe in your heart, according to the Word of God, is going to come to pass. You have to say it, you have to believe it, and you have to hold fast to your confession. You can't change your confession based on circumstances. That's exactly what I was going to do. And, and, and when I told you about, I was going to, I was going to wait on the, on the, uh, you know, taking the offering. And I was going to change my confession because of the offering. Well, with everything going on, we just, we just won't, we just won't do that right now. And that's when the Holy Spirit said, what in heaven has changed? Nothing. Nothing in heaven has changed. So why do we change our beliefs based on circumstances? We have, we have to hear what God says, see things the way God sees them, understand that we're going to come out of this thing better than we came into it, understand that regardless of what happens, God, God has got us. He's not going to let us down. He's not going to let us fall. And if we do happen to fall, He'll pick us back up. The Bible says the righteous man you know, said, he, said, said, that, said that he'll fall seven times, but he'll get back up. Amen. You know, and, and what did David say? He said, he's never seen the righteous forsaken. God, listen, God's not gonna, He's not gonna give up on you now. So don't give up on Him. Amen. Keep your, keep your beliefs, keep your faith based on what He says, not what on, not what the circumstances are saying. Amen. And if you'll believe in your heart, say with your mouth, you'll have what you say. Amen. Now listen, you might say, well, Pastor, what do I do if I've, if I've messed that up and I've, I've changed my confession? Then you go back, you go back, get your beliefs right, and then start saying what, what you believe again. And the awesome thing about God is He lets you pick up right where you left off. He doesn't make you start all the way over from the very beginning. He puts you right back. He restores you right back where you were, and then you can take off from there and go forward. Amen. Listen. In times like this, we have to keep the switch of faith turned on. We have to keep our belief. We have to keep our, our, heart, our heart settled on God. Our eyes focused on Jesus. And when we do that, then guess what? We're going to see, we're going to see great things happen in our lives. We're going to see the, the very things that you've been believing for. Listen, in this season, I believe this is a season that we're going to see things happen quicker than we've ever seen them before. And we're going to see those things, and we're going to experience those things, and we're going to walk in more of the fullness of God than we've ever walked in before. So, as we go today, keep the switch of faith turned on. Don't let circumstances change what you believe about God. Go to the Word, get settled on the Word, get the Word in you, know what the Word says, and then, when, therefore, when you speak, it'll be faith-filled words, and you'll have what you say. Instead of having to say what you have. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the time we've had together. And Lord, my prayer this morning is that everyone here, Father, that, that each one of us would understand the importance of guarding our heart, of learning how to have the God kind of faith, to have those heart beliefs and to be able to say what we believe and then, and then see what we say. 
So I thank you for that. I pray, Father, for every, I pray for every person, every family represented. I thank you for ministering to each one. I thank you for health and safety and prosperity. I thank you, Father. Our confession is we are coming out of this in better shape than we came into it. Thank you that you're not relaxing your hold on us, your grip on us. But, Father, you're holding us tight and we will see victory in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. And we bless you and we honor you today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.